let your feelings roll on by Don't wear fear Or nobody will know Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Desperado Erratic, according to Wu-Tang Generator. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a good one. Desperado Erratic. I would use that. Um, you need to put that on your business cards. Like I should. In college. I should. AKA Desperado Erratic. I'm looking for Jeremy Blair. There's no one here by that name. <laughs> Just me in my office. I don't know who that is. <sighs> Desperado. Yeah, Desperado. Yep. Yeah, right. Yep, right. Desperado, right? <clears throat> Over here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like your boss with Jeremy. You just, I, I don't know who that is. I don't know, I don't know who Jeremy is. I don't know who that is. You have to, don't don't trust like that. <sighs> like, try again, please. <laughs> ring the door. Go out and ring the doorbell again. I don't have a doorbell. I should get a ring doorbell for my office. <laughs> <laughs> that way, when you're watching movies, you'll always know. Constantly. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, yes, I got a haircut. Thank you for noticing. I, you know what? I, I did mean, notice. you saw me as I was leaving at, right after I got it. So. Oh, really? That's what I was doing. When That's I was what like, you were doing? Yeah, I just left. Oh, so it's been a few days. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, dude, I'm actually... This is another one I'm really excited to talk about because I, I really, really liked this movie. Yeah. It was really good, man. Um... So today, if you missed out on last week, we are talking about the 1971 comedy, well, dark comedy, from uh, Hal Ashby's uh, Harold and Maude. Um, dude. Yeah. This was really good. It was good. It was really good. It was good. Ebert's wrong. You know, sometimes he's just wrong. I, I was going to ask you about that when once we got into the meat of the I, episode. I tried pulling it up again today, and they're doing maintenance on their website. <sighs> I know, so I couldn't uh, get to it again. So it... Uh, I know, I read it over like a week and a half ago, so I don't remember exactly what it said. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah. So, again, um, just to reiterate, you know, neither of us had seen this movie. Man, now, this... I've heard about it my whole life, basically. You know, Harold mm-hmm. Amad, right? I can see its influences in other things. Uh, those of you who watched this movie with us, so you can listen to the episode. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, liked it. Uh, I recommend Better Off Dead. Um, it's a great John Cusack comedy from the 80s. Oh, yeah. It's I know, so... I know Better Off... It's so funny. He's also trying to kill, kill himself. All the, yeah, but I mean, that one's more... Uh, he's Slapstick. Trying, well, and it's also a little more absurd, if you can believe that. Um, because he his girlfriend broke up with him and he's trying to kill himself. And it, it keeps going wrong and he can't do it. Um, so that one, you can see the influence in that. And then, oddly enough, I saw a lot of similarities to one of my favorite movies that no one ever talks about, and they should, is Charlie Bartlett. Um, oh. Anton Yelchin. Shout out to Anton Yelchin. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Hope Davis... Uh, Kat, that was another one um, I still have not seen. It's wonderful. I love it. I've seen it tons of times. Um, yeah, man. There's some influence in that as well. Uh, not quite the suicidal route, but... But this this kid who... This very highly aristocratic kid... Uh, essentially becoming bored. Yeah, basically. Um, you know, I, I think that this movie doesn't lean too heavily on him being well off, but... Yeah, um, but you you can tell. But I mean, you know, where he can just up and buy a hearse. 
you yeah. know, and it's not a problem. <laughs> um, sidebar, uh, my buddy Micah actually drove around a hearse for a while. That's it was, cool. It was pretty tight uh, until his old-ass neighbors made him, pretty much gave him an ultimatum. It's either get rid of it or we're going to have it towed. Why? And it's none of their business why he has Because he lived on a street that, like, had a, he had a bunch of old-ass neighbors. Like, I'm talking, like, old neighbors. Mm. Like, Maude's age. Mm. And they just didn't... I don't think they liked him because he was young. And uh, it's like, not very mod of them. I know. It's not very cash money. That's not very cash money of uh, them. But dude, it, was, it was a sick-ass hearse, bro. I bet. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he... he was it as cool as this one. This one was really cool looking. No, especially in the final one. He, turned, yeah, he converted his jag, his into, jag a into a curse. curse. That was cool. Uh, okay, well, you know what? Let's get into this. Okay, cool. Um, so, Harold and Maud um, focuses on Harold and Maud. Um, <laughs> I had to look up their age difference because I knew from the get-go that, like, I was like, oh, dude, they're going to get together. They're going to fall in love. Um, yeah. Harold is a 19-year-old, as Jeremy kind of hints at, uh, very well-off kid Yeah. Uh, it, during the 70s. Um and he is obsessed with death and not only obsessed with death, but stages these elaborate fake suicides to just torment his mother. Yeah. Um, his poor mom. I know, dude. When or I, not. Who cares? Yeah. I don't really like his mom, so I don't care. I, I was yeah. like, the first one, when he hangs himself, of course, I was like, oh, my God, that's how they're starting the movie? <laughs> Yeah, and then when I realized, like, oh, he's faking it, and how she just doesn't really care, I'm like, yeah, f- fuck you. Yeah, well, at this point, he probably does it all the time, yeah, and she's just true. over it, you know. Yeah, I and I, of course, I love her nonchalance about it, especially like with things with him in the pool, just being face down in the <laughs> pool. She's just who cares? She's not even. Paying I know attention she's just swimming, and he's just like, like floating in the pool. Yeah, face down. Yeah, um, great dummy, by the way, for the. For the long shot of him, that wasn't a real person in the pool. Oh, really? No. Oh, wow. Uh, you could tell in the hands. Ah, uh, yeah. The fingies. Fingies. Uh, One right. But yeah, so Harold is just, he's just so obsessed with death. Um, of course, his mom is at her wit's end of him uh, doing all these fake suicide attempts. So she makes him go see a therapist. By the way, my favorite bit in the whole movie is he's always wearing the exact same thing as his therapist. Yeah. The outfit to the tie in the pocket square is the exact same. Yeah. And it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it's more than once, like three or four times. He's yeah, he sees the his therapist, therapist at least three times. Yeah. He's always wearing the same thing. As if, you know, as if to make fun of him in a way, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know what kind of choice that was. Uh, it seems almost, uh, you know, like Kub. Kubrickian, yeah. um, to have them wearing the same thing. I I liked it, and I thought it was very funny. Um, but then uh, his mom goes as far as to set up, uh, which I thought that was re- this was really funny, uh, computer dates for yeah, him. Computer dates. Ni- in 1971. Um, but Harold, and just, just let Harold be Harold. Uh, yeah. Let Harold go to funerals of people he doesn't even know. Right. Uh, which I thought was really funny, and kind of maybe maybe I'm reaching kind of uh, is something that Fincher used in Fight Club of you know oh, maybe a little bit going uh, to those uh, going to the meetings uh, well going, it would be uh, Chuck Puff <laughs> yeah because he wrote it so oh yeah. yeah but you know you know this character going to meetings for diseases he doesn't even have mm-hmm. 
uh, as were Harold, is going to funerals of people he doesn't even know. Right. Again, it's this obsession with death and this, uh, you know, sort of longing for it. Mm-hmm. You know, for someone who hasn't been alive that long. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, I had to look it up. I was like, how old is Harold? Yeah. And he's only 19. He looks younger than that. So. But then in some shots, he looks older than that because you can see his five o'clock shadow. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also, we just want to get it out of the way now. It's the um, shout out to our Steve Zizu episode. Uh, Bud, how do you say his last Court? name? Court. Court. Who plays Harold also plays uh, Bill, the accountant, in The Life Aquatic. Boo, Life Aquatic, Zizou, boo. But dude, he gets kidnapped. And I love how nonchalant they're like, hey, Bill. And he's like playing cards with all the pirates. Like, hey, Steve. But yeah, uh, anyway. um, But at one of these random funerals. Oh, I also forgot to mention uh, his mom's also trying to get him to join the military with his fucking uncle. Dude, that... That rig that he's got in his suit so he could salute. <laughs> that shit's great. Dude, okay. That's classic. We were talking about it off mic. This movie should not have been as funny as it is. This movie is hysterical. Yeah, it's very, very funny. Um, and just very dark, but also very funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so at one of these random funerals, Harold meets an older lady named Maud. And Maud is the exact opposite of Harold. She goes to funerals to almost have it be full circle. She, that's why she likes going to funerals is, you know, life and death is all, you know, it's all together. So that's why she goes to these funerals. And it's almost an appreciation for yeah. hers, right? Mm-hmm. For her life that she has. Uh, you know, the whole movie is pessimism versus optimism. Yeah. Right? Um, and optimism prevailing over pessimism by an unlikely source right yeah. it should be the opposite this should be or i guess not there's there's a way of thinking to where uh, us our emo generation would be like i totally get it right uh well, we i think which is why 100%. i think which is why i was laughing so hard yeah yeah shout out to millennials and the emo generation emo's not dead oh no it's not although i will say all the fucking emo scene chicks on TikTok are ruining it. <laughs> okay, because, like, look, one thing that should die out is scene. Like, scene kids, fuck that. Stop. But emo... Those of you who don't know, just Google it, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, I kind of don't know what scene is either. Uh, it's the, with the fringe over the eye with right the spiked on. up in the back. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, really skinny jeans with a giant platform. Cool, yeah. Yeah. With a band tee for a band they don't fucking listen to. Yeah, that's more hipsterish, but I get it, Shane. No, no, it's not. It's, it's called scene. scene. Got it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, so you would think Harold would be the optimist being so young. And then, of course, being at the end of her life, you would think that Maud... Well, spoiler, Maud doesn't make it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, spoilers for Harold and Maud. Um, uh, a 40, 50-year-old movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that she is... That she would be more pessimistic. But then you could flip it and say, no, this is how it's supposed to go, right? Yeah. Growing up fucking sucks, right? And and growing up rich? Simple plan got it right. I'm just a kid. Life is a nightmare. <laughs> so. You know they have a new album coming out. That's insane to me. So <laughs> in a way, you can sort of, you get it. Because yeah. like growing up is awful. And growing and, up, especially at the age that Harold is of 19. 
technically legally a man technically but still seen as a teenager right and you know the way he looks too he's he's a kid right and and then someone who has lived life been through so much has seen what life can offer you Mm -hmm. right and especially if you take the chance as Maud does you can see the optimism right you can see where she has gathered the optimism over the years oh yeah and how it has, in some ways, prolonged her life as long as it has. I mean, 80 is not young. So, yeah. uh, or 79 when we meet her uh, yeah. is not young. So, I I do I do appreciate the lens that we're seeing these two through. Oh, yeah. And um, let's just go ahead and let's chat about Maud. Maud. Um, yeah, man. Maud is... She is a, the coolest. She's the coolest. Um, I didn't realize it un- until the uh, until the funeral when they actually meet and talk. She's like stealing cars. Yeah, she just steals cars left and right. Yeah, she, um, she. I don't think she has a car. She just takes other people's cars, and God knows where she puts them. I know, dude. Yeah. Um, I think she just leaves them, man. You know, like when they see the tree. Now she, you know, the cops are investigating this car and then she just goes and takes another one. Yeah. And so just I, takes the motorcycle. No, no, no. She takes a Mustang. Oh, the, oh right. This that is when one. after they plant the tree. Oh, that's she after takes they plant the, the tree. They, you're right. You're right. And they just, she just takes that Mustang. By the way, that actress had never driven a car before. And so. Really? Did she have to drive in every scene? No, they just pulled it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. They pulled the car or. If they were watching her, if the camera's watching her drive, oh, they just right, pulled right, the car. Right, right. But it's they a had stunt driver. Stunt, yeah. As we're now, they would have like a rig of someone on top of the car driving the car. And you would never see. But anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, Maud is, Maud is the coolest. And yeah. She, her accent is also very hard to place too. Because sometimes like how she says certain words sounds very British. Yeah. And then she even mentions moving to the United States. Mm-hmm. So she's not originally from the United States. Um, and she also says British isms like put the kettle on. Yeah. That's something only British people say. But as we learn, she is a Holocaust survivor, which she I is. think, which I think is such a, that was such a smart reveal. Yeah. We see the tattoo on her arm. Mm-hmm. Harold sees it. And he instantly knows what it is. Right. And the audience instantly knows what it is. Mm-hmm. And right. that's it. That's all we needed. We don't even... Talk. Thank God. Could you imagine? That would have been so like, dull. I mean, yeah. yes, I understand. But as a plot device, as yeah, a... Yeah, as a plot device, it's... It's boring. Yeah. It's like the whole... Uh, the, the repeated bringing up in, like, X-Men that Magneto's a Holocaust survivor. Right. It's like, yeah, no, I know. Like, like, we know you started the movie with that. Yeah, I know. We yeah. don't need to be constantly reminded that you're a Holocaust survivor. Right. Because as a plot device, it's sort of cheap. It's sort of I don't know if that's politically correct to say, but it is. Well, no, I, I, no, I especially in this case, to where all we need to see is the tattoo, and we got it right. Yeah. We can now infer why she has such an appreciation of life, exactly, and why she takes all of these chances because all of this can just be taken away from you, mm-hmm. right? And I love the idea of trying something new every day. Yeah, that she does. Uh, I like that. Am I brave enough to do that yet? No, but maybe one day. I'll get out of my shell. Right now, I'm a little, I'm a little more Harold than Maude, but um, yeah, I think I, I, I kind of try that myself. You know, even with small things like uh, if Ashley and I go out to a restaurant, you know, especially if it's one that we go to constantly, 
I will occasionally look at things that I haven't tried. Nine times out of ten, comfort wins, and I get what I always Chicken get. Chicken strips. Yeah, you know, chimkin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or or if like we're on the border, those brisket tacos. <laughs> but but <laughs> sometimes sometimes I will branch out. I'm like, you know what? I'll try that. That sounds really good. And often not, I'm right. I'm like, wow, that is really good. But yeah, that's about where it stops for me. <laughs> I see. So really, you're just branching out with food. Yeah, I, I understand. Baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, eventually maybe, who knows, I'll pose for a nude ice sculpture. Right, or um, stealing a car. Or stealing a car. Right, or um, a cop's motorcycle. Uprooting a tree in downtown Midland yeah. to go plant it in a forest. That tree's not going to survive the drive if you need to find a forest. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> well, and there's no way that tree was going to survive anyway just because it's in the forest. I mean, right. Anyway. Um, wow. but yeah, mod, mod, and again, like I said, it's, it was such a smart reveal. Yeah. I agree. Cause we didn't need any exposition. No. We just needed to see the tattoo. Like, okay, this is why she appreciates her life and why she lives it to the fullest capacity. Right. And passing that along to Harold in such interesting ways, mm-hmm. right? Not just telling him these things, but showing him these things, mm-hmm. right? She's not lecturing him. She's just wanting someone along for the ride. Yeah. You know, this isn't someone like, I'm going to change this kid. That's not what she's this doing. This is like, hey, come with me. Yeah. We're going to go have fun. Like, you know, I could use a new friend, you know? Yeah. Let's, uh, why don't you come with me? We'll go do this thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This isn't like, she finds a kindred spirit in Harold, even though they're complete opposites. Yeah. Right? Um, I, and I love that. I love that, you know, she's not talking down to Harold. Yeah. She's just showing Harold a different side of life. Mm-hmm. The living side. Yeah. Right? Um, Harold's world is so dark and gloomy and full of death, and she she's like, there's more to that. There's more to life than that. Let's go mm-hmm. this way. Right? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially with what I thought was a very significant thing is having him learn the banjo. Yeah. Um, and... And, and I love that she doesn't teach him. She wants him to figure it out. Mm-hmm. She just hands. She's like, you know, I think this was, this is it. Yeah. This is what's for you. And we see him progressively learning how to do it. Yeah. On his own, which is what she wanted. She wanted him to figure it out on his own. Right. Um, it, it's very, um, almost like soft suggestions, mm-hmm. you know, like. Because like you said, she's not talking down to him. She's not lecturing him like his mother is. Right. His mother's constantly lecturing him, talking yeah. down to him, um, making him feel very unimportant in her life. Right. As Ramad makes him feel very important by including him and getting his opinion. And, you know, and it was it was such a great, you know, contrast and really good juxtaposition of his mother... In his relationship versus he and Maude's relationship. Right. Um, and I think the fake suicides are the other juxtaposition with that. You know, being around his mom, he, all he wants to do is just kill himself. Yeah. But being around Maude, he wants to experience and right. learn. Right, exactly. And I, there was a time watching this movie where I assumed... That this is sort of Lynchian absurdist, and he is killing himself in a way. Like, like these aren't fake. 
Yeah. Right? They're just not working or something, right? Something sort of, uh, something surreal and, you know, of David Lynch, right? Right. Um, and I kind of like that reading. I also understand that that's probably wrong and it, they are fake. Um, all the things that I read and saw were like his fake suicide attempt or whatever. Um, I kind of like that they're not, um, especially because as in the scene where he lights himself on fire, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is my favorite yeah, uh, suicide attempt, is that she saw him do it, the girl, right? Mm-hmm. She and we him see him do it. Right. But then a split second later, he's walking into the house, which is surreal, is absurdist humor. Right. Mm. Um, and is it explainable? Right. Mm. Um, obviously, it's just editing or whatever. But I, I like that Ashby's not making it clear. Right. Well, especially, you know, with um, the shooting suicide. Yes. You know, yes. You know, they didn't, I mean, yeah, they sort of had paintball guns in the 70s, but not like what we know today yeah. as a paintball gun. I don't think that was a paintball gun. I'd, I'm or, pretty sure that was a revolver. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Stub nose. Um, and then, you know, we see a mark appear on his head that looks like, you know, blood. Right. And he's not moving after the, the, he falls back in the chair. Yeah. He's just kind of staying there. The only time, the only suicide we know that was fake was when he hangs himself. Yeah. Because he kind of lifts his neck up and he's like. <sighs> right. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. See, I didn't think about that. I just yeah. thought it was him just planning these elaborate. Right. And of course, that's probably right. I, I just like reading it a little differently. I like reading it in this this genre that I really like, which is surrealism Mm. that, um, either he's and in some cases, um, it's obvious that other people can see what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Um, but in the case of like the shooting himself in the head, right. Mm. It's almost like in another movie that would be, he would do it and then it would cut to him still holding it sitting in the chair and he oh. hasn't done it. Yeah. Right? And it's just his imagination. Kind of like, um, like the, the movie, the invisible. Have you seen the invisible? It's no, old. it's older. It's, Is it? It's very emo. Oh. Um, the, the movie opens with, the movie Sorry. opens with the main character shooting himself. Yeah. Like he, like he graduated high school and his mom's doing this great party and he's like, Oh, you know, I'll be right back. And he, Walks down to their basement. What's that guy from Shameless? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah and he I puts a shotgun that. in his mouth, and right when he pulls the trigger, he wakes up. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's what I kind of thought it was going to be like. Um, and I'm sure I can't think of a precise example at the moment, but um, we've all seen that that sort of editing style where mm-hmm. someone does something horrendous or terrible, and then it cuts to them right before they did it because they didn't do it. They were just imagining it, right? Right. Um, which is what I thought ashby was doing except he's not cutting back yeah no right yeah um but of course then that leaves out lighting himself on fire right Uh, Mm -hmm. because someone else sees him do that or um or even the what is it called it has a name Uh, Uh, seppuku thank you uh when he's doing that is obviously fake yeah because the the actress is like (sighs) like right she's awful (laughs) that okay 
the lighting himself on fire is one of my favorites, uh-huh. but the Seppuku is a close second because his comedic timing is perfect. Yeah. Like when he's about to do it and then he's like, and he flings his tie back. Like, I was like, that's, it's like, <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. I know. Um, but yeah, you know, cause I, I actually legitimately thought he really did it. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, Oh my God, he, how the fuck is he going to get out of this one? And then when she picks it up and it's like, <sighs> right. Like, of course, but she's a weirdo. Anyway. She's so weird. And she was like really into that. Uh, another little surrealist sort of absurdist thing is he almost implied he himself converted the Jaguar into a hearse, a hearse which maybe sure. Well, see, I thought he was going to destroy it, you know, cause he's That's got, what the, I thought he's he got the blow torch yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, but of course I love the, the, the final, reveal, the reveal that he it's, made it into her. Oh, and I love like, yeah. Cause his mom, <laughs> it's with the second computer date and his mom is like, you know, Oh, he, Harold's been working in the garage and then, you hear Harold, and then that's when he gets it down off the jack and pops up, and it's a hearse now. <laughs> so good. Uh, but that also has another one of my favorite bits when his mom walks away, and he's like, like <laughs> dude, Harold hates his mom. Harold hates his mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? Poor Harold. I know. You know? Poor Harold. Yeah, that mom sucks. Um, um, but anyway, but yeah, you know, I, I do see what you're saying. It's like, it, it is, you know... Hal Ashby really doesn't give us an answer. Like, is he really killing himself? Right, and, or... and then of course it's like, or he's not giving us an explanation of how he's getting out of it. Right, how he's faking it. Yeah. Right, which is fine. Right, that's what makes the movie so good. I think it's what gives it its charm. It what gives it its edge. The only one I could sort of say I have an answer to is after the dinner party when Harold slits his throat. Uh huh. The only thing I can make sense of it is. It has to be the beets that they were serving mm. that he like splattered the beets everywhere. Oh, maybe yeah, because that was the they made it a point to say beets, right? Finish your beets. Finish your beets, and he scarfs them down. Yeah, which was super gross. Yeah, it was kind of gross. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. But that's the only one I could have an answer for. But again, the fire, the lighting himself on fire, fucking cracked me up. I know. mainly because I just love the breaking of the fourth wall where Harold looks directly into camera and kind of smiles. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This movie's sort of nuts, and I can see why maybe Ebert's like, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't don't like that. I don't like that because I don't get explanations for everything. (laughs) Explain. Uh, Explain. Is it or is it not absurdist or surreal? Like, is he killing himself? Right. And Hal's like, yes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Why? Why not? Or maybe he's not. I don't. I don't care. I don't. Uh, I didn't write this. I just directed it. Exactly. (laughs) So I. But of course, okay. So, and then, you know, when Maude comes into the picture, mm-hmm. right, um, I it is it is solely when Harold is with his mom, right, yeah. that he does all of this nonsense. Yes. Um, when he's with Maude, um, he's the happiest he's been, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't, you know, he's enjoying life. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this movie is pretty cut and dry. I didn't take a lot of notes. The one note I wrote down was he's wearing the same thing as a psychiatrist. And I thought that was really funny. And I thought it was going to be a one-off. I didn't think it was going to keep doing it. It was going to keep doing it. Yeah. And I wrote something like, okay, it's death versus life. It's, you know, optimism yeah. versus pessimism. It's right. It, that stuff is sort of obvious. Um, but for me, I just, you know, I, 
what really drew me to, okay, this will be interesting to talk about is the, are the suicide scenes are Mm -hmm. the, we haven't even touched on the soundtrack, which I think makes the movie a little more elevated because with, with a movie that is so obsessed with death dying, um, you have this very, upbeat upbeat full of life soundtrack from cat stevens shout out to cat stevens that's not his name anymore but that's fine <laughs> um, he converted to islam and now it's a different name so, really yes oh my god oh i i'm gonna be real i thought he was dead oh okay so i He's, mean i guess he is then i'm kidding but i'm saying the cat, cat stevens, stevens is cat dead. Stevens i is got dead. what you meant yeah no sorry <laughs> Anyway, um, no. yeah, when I and like we were talking about off mic, I dug the soundtrack. Yes, the soundtrack was awesome, and I loved that it was also sort of um, what's uh, what's the term? Uh, it, it where like the characters kind of know of the music. It's uh, oh diegetic. Diegetic. So the first one is diegetic because he puts it on the at, record at the player. very beginning. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He puts it on, and we hear it throughout his whole. Then, then it stops right when he hangs himself. Yeah. The second one is when he and Maud are just kind of going on, like they have like a whole day of adventures planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of cuts in and out occasionally. And of course, definitely when she's playing it on the piano. I mean, that's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like they're aware of Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens exists in this universe. Yes. <laughs> um, He's also in the movie. Uh, yeah. So tell me where he was at. Because you told me where Hal Ashby was. He's in the second funeral. They're outside, and he's just a bearded gentleman. Oh, the, when he first sees Maude, and she's just kind of in the back, like, eating an apple or something? I think something. so. I think he's in that one. Okay. Yeah. Hal Ashby's is just obvious, because he's just, like, almost <laughs> looking directly down the barrel of the lens, you know, like, with his mouth wide open. I'm up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's such a unique-looking guy that it's like, oh, that's Hal Ashby. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's... Let's kind of go back to the relationship between Maude and Harold. Um, sure. Did did it go the way you thought? Oh, 100%. Okay, so you knew they were going to get to that actual relationship. Oh, yeah. Like romantic relationship. Um, I'm going to say what I actually said. Um, and yes, it may be a little crude, but I was like, oh, yeah, for sure they're going to fuck. Yeah. And they did. And they did. And the studio would not let Hal Ashby film a scene because mm-hmm. he was going to. Yeah. Really? He wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to film the, uh, a sex scene between the two of them. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have been gratuitous. But yeah, it would have probably just been some kissing and a lot of innuendo. Right, but but uh, they're like, no, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Can you not? Yeah, Paramount said no thanks. Come on, Paramount. Yeah, first do, you let Mank go. Yeah, do better, man. Do better, Paramount. Yeah, step it up with your Paramount Presents releases. If you want a chance to try to beat Criterion at their own game. <laughs> Even though they're great. Yeah. Um, please also hook us up Paramount with more Paramount Presents. Anyway. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, I knew immediately. Granted, yes, I was I was making a little bit of a joke, but I, I had a suspicion. I was like, they're going to get together. They're going to fall in love. Yeah, because I, I was picking on Haley because I was asking Haley if she wanted to watch it with me and she goes well what's it about and I told her and I was like oh and this teenager and old lady bone you know whatever and she, <laughs> yeah, it's whatever, and yeah. she goes what I go I'm just kidding I don't think so and then it turns out yes I do so yeah. um, uh, which I mean but it 
it completely I was completely sold on it. It wasn't I it didn't wasn't have, like ooh. I didn't have to suspend disbelief. Right? Yeah. I was like, okay, this is the trajectory the story is going. This is where the relationship is going. And I completely buy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I love when he gets her a gift. The Herald loves Maud, and Maud loves Harold. <laughs> and she and I love that now I always know where it is. Oh, and I love that actually, and that's something I loved. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe she did that. And Harold is like, dude, he's but he's like four. He's like, okay, okay. Like he has like this just big shit eating grin on his face because it's such a mod thing to do and say, right? Mm-hmm. Now I always know where that is. I'll yeah. never lose it, right? And it makes perfect sense to mod. Therefore, it makes perfect sense, to Harold. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I also was laughing hysterically so when after uh harold and maude um get very intimate uh, i'm gonna be a little respectful now okay uh, of our listeners oh jesus um he decides you know what mom wants me to get married i choose mom i choose mom and i love that he tells his mom his therapist his uncle and the priest the pri- the, that one made me laugh too the priest one made me laugh oh the priest Siding against it and his hesitant, like, withered flesh. And and sagging buttocks. Right. uh, Yeah, yeah. And breasts. Yeah. yeah. And I just, and I love that that was their takeaway. Yeah. Is that she's old. Yeah, she's old and gross. Why? You know? Yeah. And to Harold, of course, and to the audience at this point, we're like, why are you guys hanging up on that mods dope yeah mods right? cool mods the coolest person ever i'd marry her yeah you know? uh, yeah but harold pretty much it wasn't as a as more of a i'm asking i'm not asking i'm telling right yeah like i'm not like when he tells his mom i'm not asked like i'm not asking him. and one of my one of the things that i liked too was he told all his people and didn't even ask mod first you know that's true yeah I thought that was pretty. I think too. I think because he had a suspicion she was probably going to say yes. Yeah, sure. Maybe I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. But then, much like some of the other movies we talked about, Hal overwhelms us in the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. And gives us no room to. And this one's even less than that. It's like five. Yeah. We have you know five ten minutes and it's yeah. It's over. Yeah. Um, Maud's eightieth birthday. Harold. I'm assuming this is when he was going to propose. Yeah. He plans this nice, great, big surprise, and she's already loving it. And he, you know, very coyly sets up, like, well, I have one more surprise for you. And then she says, well, it'll, this is a fantastic farewell. And uh, admits to him that she had taken enough sleeping pills to kill her, and that she'll be gone by midnight. And I love the slow dissolve of Harold's face of like what yeah and then it cut to an ambulance now what's so fascinating about the way this plot worked Mm -hmm. right was someone so obsessed and fascinated with death suicide right Mm -hmm. is now face to face with it and is terrified of it right We, we have we have come and completely made a 180. Yeah. With Harold. Which I know you hate, but how did you feel about this one? I liked it because I liked 
Maud has made him feel more alive than he ever has. And, and now, he is, and now he is excited about life, and especially life with Maud. And now she's going to kill herself. Right. And now that he's face to face with a real suicide, if we want to go ahead mm-hmm. and just assume all the other ones were faked, um, it's scary and terrifying now that it's happening to someone he loves. Yeah. And so he rushes her to the hospital and uh, and another smart reveal. We we didn't need to hear all the jargon. We right, didn't hear right, anything. Right. We just needed to know that Maud didn't make it. She's gone. And um, and I'm going to be real. I for sure thought the movie was going to end with Harold also committing suicide. Especially how it was very obvious that that's probably what's going to happen. He's driving very erratically right. up and down the streets. And then he just goes off that cliff. His, her- his dope Jaguar hearse goes off the cliff and just hits the ground. I was like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. For sure. He's dead. Nope. Harold actually did take a lot of Maud's lessons to heart and couldn't do it. Well, not only, it's not so much that he couldn't do it, it's that he's getting rid of the one thing that he has that Mm. reminds him of how he used to be, right? Right. This hearse that he has made, and it it is the personification, or I guess... Objectification, objectification, uh, of his fascination of, of death and dying. And he's getting rid of it because Maud has taught him he doesn't need it. And, 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 and with a good juxtaposition of for the first time in the entire movie, Harold is wearing bright colors. Right. Um, and he has the one thing that he knows will always, he'll always be connected with Maud, the banjo. Yeah. And he dances off playing. If you're gonna sing out, sing out. Right, the Cat Stevens, yeah. Uh, where then again, it becomes more diegetic with the soundtrack again. Yeah. And then that's Harold and Maude. That's Harold and Maude. Um, yeah, dude. I yeah. So again, with the ending, I for sure thought Harold was going to kill himself. I 100. Um, percent But then that would have undid everything, right? Yeah. That yeah. That would have undid. He would have. He would have learned nothing. Yeah. Um, which now I want to ask you. Would you have liked that, though? Interesting. Because I know you like bummer endings. I do. I do really like bummer endings. I don't know. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have minded if he had... <laughs> if he just pulled the trigger and did it? Yeah, if he had killed himself. I, um, I told uh, I told uh, my buddy Quentin about the movie, and I was like, yeah, but at the end he doesn't do it. He's like, pussy. <laughs> Which made me laugh. Uh, but It's funny. But again, I may, I get it. Why they decided to end it with with Harold not doing it? Because you're right; it would have undid everything. He would not have learned to appreciate life, to live his life now mm-hmm. to the fullest, um, and be happy in his life. Yeah. Um, had he actually done it, you know, because I thought for sure it was going to end. Car crashes. It ends. No one's going to know that he actually died. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes more sense that it's it was him pretty much saying, all right, it's time to let go of this. Right. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. It was, the movie was great. Yeah, I, it is. It was so hysterical, which it should not have been that funny. But it's it was funny. so fucking funny. Because um, I especially, again, I'm going to go back to the lighting himself on fire scene when he waves at the girl 
you know, and the right. and the glasses made him all distorted. And he's like, like yeah, is that the girl? Okay, uh, hi, hi. hi. And then, and I just love how he nonchalantly like puts himself up on the on the stand, and then covers himself, and then he's just dousing, and then it just <laughs> yeah. And then he just nonchalantly walks into the room like, like so oh, hey. good. And yeah. again, and just that sly little like look into the camera. Yeah. It was great, man. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm very disappointed that it's out of print on Criterion. Yeah. Because I really wanted it. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, I must have it. And, you know, I might still get it. I may shell out the $85 and get it on Amazon. I got the Paramount Plus, uh, the Paramount uh, Presents. I might uh, just go ahead Ray, and just do that. Um, uh, get the Paramount Presents. I, I have being there, which I think now that I know how much you liked this... Mm-hmm. You're going to love being there. Well, and like I told you, it came in today on yeah. the Criterion. So I'll, I'll definitely get around to watching it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, this is great. If you change your mind on something on your list, go ahead and replace it. <laughs> replace it with being replace there. Replace it with being there. Because um, it's definitely worth it. I mean, it. we're doing almost two of everything this season. I know. We're doing like, I think we're doing a bunch of Kurosawa's. We're doing. Yeah. yeah. We did. Uh I've got two Joaquin Phoenix movies on my list. We already did her, so I've got one more. Uh, Spike Jones. Yeah. Um, Paul mm-hmm. Thomas Anderson, right? Yeah, we have a couple of Paul Thomas Andersons. One of them, of course, being the uh, Joaquin Phoenix one that you have. And yeah, then I and have advice, yeah, I'm gonna be... And I have another one. So. But yeah, so so Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I am. I loved this movie more than I thought I would. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed... Pretty much everything about it. I, I like, As did I. You know what I mean? Like, I, I liked the suicide <laughs> scenes were were quirky, funny, surreal, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, again, shit, that therapist thing made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I don't know why. Just I, wearing the same clothes as someone makes me laugh. I, I, I instantly saw it. I was like, oh, my God, he's wearing the same clothes. He's wearing the exact same outfit <laughs> as that guy. And he keeps doing it. I don't... And see, and, and, and you know, and here, go to, going back to your whole surrealist, because I... I started to think, I was like, maybe Hal is just cutting up the one session and we're just seeing it at different points. But no, it's different sessions each time because they're talking about what had happened in the previous scene. Right. And they're different outfits. Yeah. So, So, yeah, it's so funny. Or maybe it was meant to just show that, I don't know, maybe I'm reaching with this, but that Harold... um, I don't know. I kind of saw it as Harold's making fun. Making fun of him. Yeah. Or Harold is really disrespecting, you know, just being in a, in a therapist's office by, you know, wearing the same thing yeah. he's wearing. He must have been like, hey, where does he go? Yeah. Okay. All right. Got it. And see, and that's also what made me laugh is just the thinking about the logistics of it. Like, how did he even find out what he's wearing that day? Mm-hmm. So funny. And I, of course, that's not what I'm supposed to take away from it, but it's <laughs> it's just too silly. Well, again, it's it's also this whole uh, rich white boy is bored. Yeah, he's bored. Yeah, which again is pretty much the premise of Charlie Bartlett. Yeah, go watch Charlie Bartlett. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I I also enjoyed it. Uh, I kind of want Ashley to see it now. Yes, she should. I an oops, I forgot. Oh, is where Maude lives. Oh yeah, an abandoned, uh, no decommissioned train car. Yeah. Uh, which is just so funny uh, that she was also able to fit a bed in there. I know. It's kind of like where you would imagine Zoe Deschanel lives. (laughs) 
Well, no, she's she's dating one of the property brothers. That's true. They probably live in a like a really fucking I know, nice he mansion. Probably built it too. Wait, is it the carpenter one or the other one? I don't know. Shit. Because one of the other ones married. I got. And find they did out a whole one. like um like spinoff show just of him, just of them building the house that he and his wife live in now. So, this is a definite uh, sidebar. Uh, uh, Kale, as as most of our listeners know. Um, well, the person who's too busy to make a cameo. That's right. He's too busy. He's too busy. Don't ask. Too bad. Uh, he's, he's too busy. But I, wa- I want his agent's number. It's so funny because on the surface, it's such a silly thing to say because watching the Property Brothers, he would always say, yeah, mom thinks one is more handsome than the other one. And I think that's funny because they're, they're identical, identical twins. twins. But I completely get it. Of course, she thinks the the carpenter one is more handsome. I mean, he absolutely well, yeah, because he works with wood. He absolutely is. The other one is too dainty. And I hope that Deschanel is with the the more handsome. I think she's. I think she's with the carpenter. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> anyway, so, so Jeremy, uh, yeah, are you ready to learn what we're talking about? Next week. Yes, I am. I'm. I'm also. You know. I'm cautiously optimistic. I hope it's something I'm really going to enjoy. But I think you will. Um, I mean, we will see. Because I'm also a little, a little scared to tackle this movie. Okay. But you know what? I like. I said I. I gave the list to Ashley again, and I was like, which one should we do? Now, was this a one through three situation or a a list? No, I gave her the entire list. Got it. Uh, I will, and I showed her which ones were checked off. And I was like, all right, which one should we do next week? Mm-hmm. So next week. We will be discussing, like I said, I'm a little scared to talk about this movie. That I can't wait. Call Me By Your Name. Oh, Call Me By Your Name. Interesting. Uh, our boy, Timothy Chalamet. Yep. Um, our boy, Army Hammer. Hammer. Hey, uh, man. I mean, no, that's your boy. Hey, man. <laughs> Let him do what he wants. <laughs> it's consensual. Let him do what he wants. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. And then, of course, our, uh, our other main man... Um, Michael Stahlberg. And now this is another, uh, which I love when movies do this. It's a solo artist soundtrack, and it's Sophie and Stevens. I love Sophie and Stevens. Um, Shout out Sophie and Stevens. If you guys don't know Sophie and Stevens, um, uh, Carol and Lloyd. uh, No, I'm sorry. Carol. (sighs) Carrie and Lowell is the, the name of the album. Okay. It's amazing. He's amazing. I love all this stuff. Of course, he did uh, a song called John Wayne Gacy Jr. That's really good. It's about oh my, John Wayne Gacy. Oh, my God. Um, that one's in Feel the Illinois. He's from Chicago. Um, oh, is that where that's from? Um, so, and he did the whole soundtrack to Call Me By Your Name. So that, that, that's exciting. I have I have not seen Call Me By Your Name. Neither have I. The, the reason why I'm scared to talk about it is because I know the subject matter. Yeah. Um, there's only reason I'm scared about it, but you know what? It's been on. It's it's been in the back of my head for a while. Yeah. Um, Did you see uh, Moonlight? No. Oh, you didn't see Moonlight? No. Oh shit. I mean, I know what that's about too. Yo, that movie's rad too. Wait. Didn't it win Best Picture? Yeah. I, I thought it was Lala Land. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> yeah, you would think, but no, it was Moonlight. And and now that we are far enough away. By the way, now that we're far enough away year wise. From oh. this, it obviously is Moonlight. I I can't imagine watching La La Land again, but I can. I was never really interested in seeing La La Land. Anyway. But I can with Moonlight. I, I think Moonlight has more to offer I, than, than La La Land does. I put it on the maybe of my A twenty four list, mm-hmm. um, just because 
again, it's another one that I'm not necessarily scared to watch, but I, I know the subject matter. And, so good. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't know if I can handle this. It's really good. Um, uh, I do, I do eventually want to see it. Of course. But yeah, right now it's still, it's in the maybe list. It's tremendous. I think, and this is going to be controversial. I think we should do an episode on Brokeback Mountain. I mean, have you seen it? No. Okay. That one is truly one of the best love stories I've ever seen. Because, you know, you know, it was... Now, in West Texas, it's very controversial. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where this would be, but yeah. Yeah. I know. In our hometown, yeah. It's yeah, very, it's very, very, controversial, very controversial here. Uh, well, the movie we're also going to be talking about is very controversial. That's true. That's true. Because it's kind of... I'm going to tell Haley and I would like to watch with me. She's probably going to say no. Why? I don't know. But she'll probably say no. Uh, and it's kind of also reminiscent of uh, the this movie, Harold and Maude, uh, you know, a younger... Uh, Younger person and an older person, but I mean the age difference isn't as much. I know. this time it's not sixty years. Yeah, it's probably only like what ten. Probably. Yeah. God, Army Hammer's so handsome too. <laughs> Guys, let him do what he wants. Well, okay. Look, Brian Cranston enjoyed this movie uh, and enjoyed Army Hammer in it. So you know what, Army, you, you get a slight pass from me. Sweet. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Harold and Maude. Uh, I told Mom that we were doing it, and she was so excited. Yeah. So, Mom, if you listened, I hope we did okay. I hope hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, And we will see everyone next week for Call Me By Your Name. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be. You know that there are. And if you want to live high, live high And if you want to live low, live low